Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy in long-term recovery. And I'm Billy. I'm also a guy in long-term recovery. And we're going to talk about Tradition 2, which says, For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. That's long as fuck, and that's the title of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is not going to fit on YouTube's title. Nobody's going to find that in a search. (laughs) Nobody's going to look for it because nobody gives a fuck about the traditions. All those words and three or four words in. I'm not going to lie. Like, so my fear of doing the traditions was that, oh my god, these are going to be extremely boring. And I was like, well, we'll have to do our best to make them fun by not, you know, yeah, let's give a little explanation of how they apply in NA. Like, that seems pretty straightforward, I honestly think. I know we do tradition work, but I'm like, these seem pretty fucking straightforward to me. But then, like, hey, let's take most of the episode and put these out in the real world so that they're more interesting and expound on how to apply them in our lives. And I don't know, man, after reading this one, I was like, this is going to be a fucking challenge. Like, this is work. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, this is the one where I take probably the most out of it and probably find the most useful in my daily life. <laughs> I think this goes back to tradition one, when we talked about how you have an interpretation of the traditions as things you need to do in your life. And I think traditions only work when they're done as a group, because I don't see any people interacting healthily as a group. I'm like, we can't work traditions outside of NA. It's impossible. Hmm. We can't even work them in NA. I mean, there's factions splitting off from world and literature printing and who oh, the fuck yeah. knows what's going on. But oh, like, I read a bunch of that funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely outside of NA, like these don't apply because the group doesn't act in them or on them. Yeah, and I look at the steps. When I look at the steps, I think I apply them in a way that works really specific to me. I don't just apply them to drugs and how drugs affected my life so you know for example when i say i turn my will and my life over to care of god well i don't just apply that to addiction like apply that to a lot of areas of my life Mm -hmm. but in the same vein i don't go to the fucking restaurant and sit down to look at the menu of what dinner i want to order and then go what is god's will for me to eat today you like i don't put it into that context either but there are people that do. They make decisions in their life based on, you know, how how much they're trying to follow God's will and, you know, what that means to them, what that looks like. And I just find, for me, the traditions sort of fall in that same category of, like, I can take a lot of these principles. I mean, they're written specifically for Narcotics Anonymous, so they apply more specifically to Technically, they're that, written for Alcoholics well, yeah, Anonymous. Technically, they were written for we Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, we borrowed them. Borrowed. Borrowed. It's a more borrowed. spiritual term, borrowed. <laughs> it's a spiritual principle of right. borrowing. Stealing with someone's knowledge. Yeah, and, and never to return. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I 
take these principles and even though they apply or should hopefully apply specifically to our service structure and our groups and some of that stuff, I can take the same principles and apply them in different aspects of my life. Did you have a moment of clarity early in recovery where like things just made more sense to you or you saw them differently than you ever had before? Like, huh, if I stop getting high, I won't have the problems of getting high. Like just some really. Oh, I had that actually before I got clean, actually. But yeah. But all the times before that, you couldn't see that, even though it was probably evident long before you had that revelation. Oh, yeah. So to me, that moment of clarity is is like an outside event or at least an outside inspired event because I wasn't in control of it, right? Like I couldn't have it when I wanted to. Yep. It just kind of happened. So I say when I go to a restaurant and I order, there's some similar outside event thing that happens that creates a feeling in me that has a desire for a specific taste of a certain food. And I don't have anything to do with that. So I would have to call that God's will. <laughs> like... I don't know. I can't make myself want a certain food. I want whatever the fuck I want in that moment, and I don't have any control over that. Yeah, but do you always eat what you want? If I'm looking at a menu, I do. Mm-hmm. I eat whatever my body's telling me to order off that menu. Well, and where, I mean, I I guess where I was thinking with that, and I don't know how this would change that <laughs> Is it part of the tradition? Yeah, right. Is, uh, like, I've been trying to eat exceptionally healthy lately cut out Mm. sugar cut out carbs fuck if i don't want some ice cream and a bowl of cereal like fucking apple jacks looks delicious and we got it right in the cabinet Mm. and i want to eat that shit and i i guess if you wanted to say like for me following god's will is like no i want to take care of myself physically i'm getting a little older i want to be you know at my best and the way i can be at my best is to physically take care of myself and so I try to make healthy choices when I eat. I don't just eat what I want. I eat mm. what's good for me. I will not spend an hour arguing about <laughs> menu choices with you yeah. as much as I want to. So I, I read through the basic text about this tradition. And really, I was like, how in the world are we going to apply this outside of NA? I mean, I'm not saying it can't apply. It just doesn't seem like it works as well. And and I don't think if anything i saw that hey the world's fucked up and maybe it's because we don't live like this like maybe it's because we don't listen to any ultimate authority you know or or any higher power helping us along which kind of leads me back to that whole you know oh you took god out of government and that's where everything got fucked up and i honestly don't like people who say that i'm like yeah god doesn't belong in government because we all have different gods but it would be nice if we all had a a higher power understanding. And I don't know how you do that in a world full of people who don't believe in God. I mean, can you express to them, hey, the will of all of us together, the collective good of people is the higher power. Like, I mean, is that what you would say is the higher power for you? Like, you don't yes. really specifically have God. Yeah, I would say the betterment, the advancement, the improvement of the quality of lives of everyone should, you know, sort of trump I hate to use that word, but, you know, should trump my own personal desires and wants for myself. Basically, I guess in NA, the way this works and, and the point of this tradition that I understood is sort of like, let's tackle the NA version first. That seems yeah. easy, right? It's that we don't want any leaders. We don't want any, uh, like people say in meetings, no big eyes and little U's, right? There, there's no one or a group of people that are more important than everybody else. Everybody's equal. That's the entire goal of the whole anonymous fellowship idea 
is that we don't have any president dictating orders. We don't have any governmental form, you know, sending down laws to us. The service structure is upside down, like I think you mentioned in the last tradition, where at the top of the service is all the home groups. Every home group is at the top. And then we dictate what we need to the larger bodies of service that are beneath us. Like, hey, we need a committee to make events. Like, do that for us. And then they do our bidding. They are humble servants. And I will say that is one of the things I do love about this tradition, the idea that leaders should be humble servants. They should be, you know, the people that are there to help, not people that are there to rule. And when I was reading some of this, what I found sort of interesting, not to get away from NA stuff, but I look at ideally, I believe that's how the democracy that we have was supposed to be set up. And the idea that we had periodic voting was so that you could hold your leaders accountable and so that if they weren't serving the will of their constituents, that they would be, if you're not doing a good job, we're going to kick you out. And that it's not about you serving yourself, it's about you serving the will of the people you represent. The difference in NA is our system, I'm going to say for the most part, (laughs) hasn't been too corrupted at this point, at least in a spirit of the groups that still exists like it it typically isn't individual members taking over and deciding how things are supposed to run i mean that happens from time to time but in the big scheme of things or if you were to generalize you would right. say for the most part meetings happen independent of the individuals that run them yeah i would agree with you the idea behind democracy is that There is but one ultimate authority, which is the group itself. We are the ones voting on this ultimate authority. So as, you know, it says, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. And maybe we don't believe in God as a society as a whole, but the democratic idea is the idea that as a group, together, we will decide what's best for us. And that is our ultimate authority, no one individual. And I think that's why they came up with term limits for president so that nobody got deified or or made into a larger than life figure that couldn't be removed. That was the idea behind that was that they didn't want anybody to get that kind of power or hold over people. They wanted to keep switching it out so that no one per the nation didn't follow one person. Like it's, we keep changing that. Right. And I believe in our fellowship, like that's sort of the way it's, again, supposed to go. We have different individuals that serve the groups. And so not to get too into the weeds on what is a group and what isn't a group, but there's some argument or discussion about what in that tradition it says, you know, for our group's purpose. And so typically what I think of as a a group is the individual meetings. Um, The service structure doesn't technically qualify as a group based on the description of a group in the group pamphlet. Like the group pamphlet talks about a NA group is two or more addicts meeting regularly for the purpose of recovery. And a service committee that meets to discuss business stuff, I guess you could argue, and I don't know how I feel on either end of this, and this is nerdy recovery argument (laughs) shit people (laughs) if you get really bored and you want to get into some of the weeds and some of this it's it's kind of interesting to me but is a service structure a group and does the service structure have to adhere to na traditions and yes 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe so too. <laughs> I think so too. But there's an argument that that, you know, that's not what we do at business meetings. We don't necessarily, I mean, unless you're saying a vote is a group conscious, you know, which I don't necessarily think that it is, hmm. you know, does a service committee qualify as a group? I mean, this tradition specifically says for our group's purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, not for the fellowship of NA, there is one ultimate authority. I don't know if this changes anything or not, but it doesn't say groups apostrophe S. It says for our group purpose. Yeah. I don't know if that changes the meaning of it. Like to me, that just means that's not just like, it's not like capital G group. This is the group as defined as an NA group. This is any group of people in recovery. It's another one of those technicalities where they could have used a better word. Like we, yeah. could, we should rewrite these to make them more. I clear. mean, I really think our, our For rewriting our of the steps. purpose, there's one alternative. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I can go with that. That's how I personally have always applied yeah. all this. I've always applied traditions, you know, and, and any, my behavior in any service boards or committees I've ever been a part of has been to try to adhere to the traditions and follow them as my guiding principles. You should have brought on somebody that disagreed so we could have told them how wrong yeah. they were. So yeah, I, I think this in general, the idea is, hey, no one person's personality or influence, no matter how long they have clean, how many steps they've worked, how great of a meeting they share, they don't run a group. They don't take over, you know, the group doesn't take on their personality. The entire area doesn't take on decisions and vote just for them because that's what they want and everybody believes in them. The whole point of this is that people are not leaders, they're trusted servants. And going back to the democracy example, I think our elected officials are supposed to also be public servants. Yeah. Like that is their goal, to serve the public. That's not what we see happen. We elect the president as if they're a leader. They call them the leader of the free world and all that great stuff. But yeah, I think one of the things I do love is that idea that when I'm leading best, I'm leading by example. I am just being a trusted servant and doing what's best for the group to the best of my ability, humbly, without a whole lot of dictating out things that people need to do that I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah, and we do have leaders in recovery. Like, they do exist. I mean, it says our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern, meaning... Like, we have people that we appoint to positions. Yeah, they're not CEOs and managers. Right. And I think in the spirit of this tradition, like, one of the sayings I picked out of the basic text that I really liked about leadership was, we have learned that leadership by example and selfless service works. Direction and manipulation fails. And that's, I think what we hope our political leaders are going <laughs> to do. <laughs> but that feels like such a fucking joke, you know, nowadays. Like, that is so far away from where we are in that realm. And you see, though, how disgruntled, agitated, annoyed that most people are, either on the left or the right. You have people on the left that are upset about a lot of ways the government runs, people on the right that are really upset about a lot of ways the government runs. Because we've lost our... As you said, we've almost lost our way of our common welfare, of what's what should be important, what we're focused on, our common goals or common good. Like, all that seems to be lost, and it's nice that we're in a fellowship that we have these sort of traditions laid out that keep us on that path so that we don't stumble down the same fucking road. You know? Right, right. So I had that exact quote, too, and the rest of it, the next couple sentences say, We choose not to have presidents, masters, or directors. 
Instead, we have secretaries, treasurers, and representatives. These titles imply service rather than control. And I, I like that part of it too. I thought it was a, a great quote altogether. And, and talking about what you're talking about, I was having a conversation with Stephanie yesterday and it just really baffles me. I, I, you know, you talk about losing our way. If you put a group of five and six year old kids in a room and said, Hey, what should we do for people who have needs, you know, outside of what the normal or, or average everyday person needs? Like, what should we do for all the five and six year olds unanimously would say, well, we just meet their needs. We just take care of them, right? Like, oh, you, you they got people with addiction problems. Well, we just have services for people with addiction problems. Oh, you got people with mental health. Yeah, well, we just, you know, we have services for people with mental health. And every five and six year old in that, in that room is going to raise their hand and vote that, yes, you should just have the needs met for people. And then somehow when you talk about losing our way, we turn into adults and then decide that like, A, I think we first come to this realization that's just, that's just not how the world works. And then B, we kind of get on board with like, well, the best way we can proceed is this way or that way or another way. And I just, I feel like we've lost our way so much. The only reason the world doesn't work that way is because we don't just do it. And if we have the resources, we know the world has enough resources for people. So why don't we just meet people's needs? I'd like, it seems so easy to five and six year olds. And where the fuck do we get lost and jaded that we don't just think that it's adults? Like, yeah, yeah, there's needs to be met. Let's just meet them. Yeah. Seems I don't so have an obvious. easy answer for that one. I mean, that's, yes, I, I agree. I think our society has lost its way as far as living by principles for the United States. I mean, we live by some principles. I don't think we adhere to them near as much as we like to believe we do. <laughs> I think in general, and even including myself, are way more selfish than I like to admit. You know, we just mm. had a sort of brief conversation before this about volunteering for something, and I'm like, I don't fucking volunteer. Yeah. Like, and my heart's been in wanting to volunteer, and I say I want to volunteer for shit. I've said it for years, but the actual following through of giving up my time freely is like, ooh, that seems like such an inconvenience. Like, How much are they paying for that volunteer spot? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But I, I will say, and this gets back to unity and, and same with trying to adhere and follow the will of a higher power, because the system is fucked up and failing and not working doesn't give me the right to go, well, it's fucked up, failing and not working, so I'll just do whatever I want to. Fuck it. doesn't yeah. matter. I want to be a person that has integrity. Mm. So if I am involved in a group, whatever I describe, decide that group is to be. So if I'm involved in a group, let's put it back to a service committee. I'm in area service, and it turns into you know a bunch of arguing, yelling, people debating over shit. I don't believe that gives me the right, or, or I shouldn't say gives me the right. I have the right to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I don't think that justifies me turning into someone who now gets to argue and yell and scream at someone because they're arguing, yelling, and screaming at me, so I obviously get to do that back. Like That's not the person that I want to be. Right. What I learned through recovery is just doing what I feel like I want to do and throwing out my morals and values, you know, leads to like a degradation of self, you know, and that I want to live by my morals and values in spite of what's going on around me, in spite of what's going on in area service. So when I'm trying to be the person who's 
you know, trusting this higher power to work in that group. Just because the rest of the group threw that out the fucking window and said, fuck that, I'm going to argue about what I think is important. I don't want to fall into that. I want to be the stronger person that kind of rises above and, and tries. I might even fail. Whether I fail or succeed isn't the point. The point is that I try to stay on the path of living those principles of turning my will and life over to the higher power, of being the one that tries my best to focus on unity, to focus on our common welfare, to focus on all those things, and then just leave the outcome up to the higher power, you know, leave the outcome up to whatever's going to happen. Because I don't have, as you would almost say, like, I don't have a fucking choice anyway of what happens. It's all Mm -hmm. God's will whatever the outcome is anyway. So whether I argue, yell, and scream and throw my values out the window and act like a fucking child, or whether I try to rise up, be the better person, go home at the end of the day and say, you know what? I did the best I could. I did what I feel is right in my heart. I live by values that I think are important. What happened really isn't the most important thing. The most important thing isn't winning or being right or being the best. You sure about that? (laughs) Well, it feels like that a lot. (laughs) You know, and I've learned, again, learned that through NA. You know, I've learned that I think I'm right a lot. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I think my way is the best all the time, you know, and I think you're right a lot too until we disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not always what's most important. You know what I mean? That if I'm serving the will of a higher power, if I'm serving the will of a higher good, then me being right isn't what needs to matter the most. And so is that, uh, I think maybe that stems from the fact that it's almost impossible to trust that it'll work out when you don't have that faith or belief in some power greater than you taking care of it. If I don't believe that there's a God or a universal power or a common brotherhood of man, then I'm going to have to live in the idea that I need to exert some control in this situation because if not, it's going to get fucked up. I don't have any trust that it's going to be okay. And when I don't have any trust that it's going to be okay, I now live in fear. And that fear is going to make me act in ways that aren't spiritual, right? Because that's what I think kind of like the combatant of spiritual principles is, that self-centered fear, that core of fear that this won't work out if I don't step up and make a change. And I think that's where all this anger and hatred in politics in the world comes from. People are living in fear. If I don't do something, this is going to all turn out terrible, right? There's no trust that it'll turn out fine. And that's what the news stations pander to. Like they, they say this shit, like it's all fear. Oh, democracy is going to fall apart. Oh, the world's going to end if we don't elect this person. Like it's, it's all fear based. And like, that's where I think outside of a 12-step program, there's a struggle because a lot of people don't anymore really talk or think or believe in a bigger power. And I'm not saying that bigger power has to be God specifically or the Starbucks chick universe power that I love, but we got to believe in some kind of bigger power than us and not think that we have control over everything. Right. And I agree with that totally. That's sort of I'm going to use that as the argument of of why I don't get too hung up into the political stuff anymore. It's like it'll work out. Well, that and that all those people that I think are so wrong are still my brothers and sisters and people that are in the same community as me. Whether they acknowledge that or not right. isn't what's important. I acknowledge that these are still people that, you know, my higher power has entrusted me personally to 
love and care about and try to do good for, you know, and, and to try to be like a, a servant of in my life. I'm just picturing that old, you know, saying the whole, the student has become the master or whatever. And one day there'll be <laughs> memes like the sheeple has become the shepherd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is one of the concepts that I don't feel like has applied much in our world. I look at the president as a public servant and I say, why are we electing a president based on his political views or ideas about which way we need to go? Because I don't personally believe that's the president's job. I don't give a fuck what the president believes. I want him to do what the people want him to do, period. Like, I don't think the president honestly needs any beliefs politically or any direction because that's not his fucking job. He's not supposed to guide me. We are supposed to tell him what we're looking for as a society, and he's supposed to make that happen. So I really, I'm kind of baffled by the whole presidential election stuff where we look at their views and which way they want to go. Like, who gives a fuck which way they want to go? They should, if you were elected president, And you don't want abortions to ever happen again. But 75% of the population is polled and they come to you and say, dude, we think abortions are necessary. You're just supposed to fucking do that, whether you believe in it or not. That's my idea of what the president's supposed to be. It's not about what the fuck you want as president. It's about what is best for the most people, I think. Yeah. Well, politics, again, is, is rough because there's so many misconstrued values there there's so much manipulation and financial misaligned incentives you know like all that shit is so corrupt right now that it's hard to look at that and figure out how we apply this you know (laughs) because you know if and we've seen this in recovery fellowships in na people get in charge and try to run meetings and run areas and people get involved in different subcommittees and run those committees their own way. I mean, we have those same issues within our fellowship. We just are lucky enough to sort of have an outline that guides us back, you know what I mean, for the most part, to where we need to go. When I look at this and how it applies to my life now, I try to look at my role and what I can do and and what kind of person I want to be, not necessarily, you know, what's the fucking least common denominator. Like, you know, because I can fall right into that least common denominator. I have an opinion on all those things too. Immigration, abortion, you know, fucking the drug epidemic. Like I have strong opinions on all that stuff, you know. So do I just want to pick a side, jump on a team and start battling it out? Or do I want to look at a different approach to that and say, all right, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe my approach to those things isn't right. And it's not about me being right or wrong or you being wrong. It's about, all right, we're all people. How do we fucking get everyone together in a room to have an actual conversation about the best path forward? Like, how do we get people to sort of come around to see, like, look, hey, what's going on over in this community that's like ravaged with poverty and ravaged with kids that are being raised you know uneducated and poor like that matters even though i live over in this neighborhood that's nice and has manicured lawns and a gated fucking community like how do we make that connection instead of jumping on a team and saying well i'm on team gated community and fuck those poor people you know i want to try to be a person that focuses more on bringing that shit together and I think that's in the spirit of unity and then in the serving, you know, a higher power's will in my life. Yeah, I, I'm, I need a new political party because none of them, 
meet what I'm looking for. And, you know, to, to get back a little bit to N.A. and like this tradition, like how it applies in my life. So the whole first paragraph in our in our basic text, they talk about tradition, too. And the whole first paragraph is exactly how I live most of my life for me, not how I think everyone else lives. I'm talking about for me in my life. And uh, it says, in Narcotics Anonymous, we are concerned with protecting ourselves from ourselves. Mm. Our second tradition is an example of this. By nature, we are strong-willed, self-centered people who are thrust together in N.A. We are mismanagers, and not one of us is consistently capable of making good decisions. That is me in my life, you know what I mean, before I found recovery. I was exactly that. I was incapable of making good decisions. That can be me now still today. You know, I can still be a person that is a complete mismanager and incapable of making good decisions if I don't keep my eye sort of focused on recovery, the guiding principles of, in this case, the 12 steps, because that's the fellowship that I'm in and a part of right now. But if I don't keep my eye squarely on that, I will become a fucking, I'm a mismanager with the guidance of the fellowship, you know? Well, and I think the key word in there is consistently, right? Yeah, like all of us can make some good decisions here and there and and maybe a few in a row, but I, yeah, I don't think any of us, I agree with that. And I had that one written down. I don't think any of us can consistently make decisions that are in the best interest of all. Like it's sometimes we just start thinking about us, man. We get an itch. Right. We want a car. We want a this. And then we're like willing to sacrifice some of our values to get there. And it just happens. It's hard to be self-aware and in tune every fucking day of the year. And there's going to be days I'm not. It's just the way it is. There's going right. to be days I'm more tired. There's going to be days I'm more angry, lonely, hungry. Like all those apply. There's going to be days... When I'm sad, I'm going to lose people. I'm going to go through grief. Like there's just going to be times when I don't make good fucking choices. Right. And so in that context, like that whole sentiment there, for me personally, doesn't necessarily apply to the United States. Although you could substitute the word Narcotics Anonymous with United States and read that statement again, and it would be applicable to... I'm going to say as as optimistic as I am, like 90% of our population (laughs) are mismanagers and incapable of consistently making good decisions. I can apply that. So again, it's hard to look at that on like this global or this national level. Like what does that mean in my life? But I can apply that consistently at my job or in my family. Like I can say, hey, at my job, even though I'm in a leadership role, even though I'm in a management position where I make decisions and have authority and that sort of thing, I have to remind myself that I'm a fucking mismanager and I am incapable of consistently making good decisions. And that if I really want things to go really well, I'll look to the group and talk to everyone and say, hey, this is what's going on. These are some decisions we need to make. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do what they say. Yeah, because we'd have popsicles for dinner. Right. But it, it means that I can talk to people, address their concerns, approach things in the spirit of unity, be a person that says, you know what, maybe my way isn't the best. Let's talk about it. Let's let's make some decisions and, and work through this and see where everybody's at, see how what everybody thinks and feels, and then try to proceed with a path that is the best going forward. Yeah, maybe we can have popsicles after dinner. Or maybe even we can have ice cream for dinner one night out of two months or something. Just not every right. fucking night.
This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think reading this was a very good reminder of like the leader I want to be. I want to be a leader by example, right? And I try to do that in my daily life. Trust me, I got a bunch of kids that don't pick up after themselves and it's super fucking frustrating. I got kids that will, if I, if I just watch, they will walk over the trash or the sock or the fucking hoodie that is laying on the floor in the middle of the hallway. They'll walk over it for a week. Nobody will <laughs> ever touch that motherfucker. It will just right. sit there. And so... My original statement is, ah, these fucking people don't do anything, right? Well, neither have I. Neither have I, Jason. And so I really try on a regular basis, daily, to the best of my ability, to just just clean shit up. Just do the next right thing. Does that mean I won't bitch about it to them later? No. But (laughs) I'm at least, I at least want to pick the shit up. If I'm going to expect other people to do it, I better be living it and doing it too. And that's where I want to lead by example. I want to be the trusted servant that isn't just running around telling everybody what to do like a king like no i'm here doing this too like i'm not expecting you to do something i'm not like let's all participate in doing this and i just want to make sure that i'm humble enough to to still be that guy right that's important i think i think so too and our children you know they i've heard i've read a lot that they learn more by what you do and less by what you say right and so Similar, like these are principles that I learned through recovery that if I want to be a good leader in my family, if I want to be a good leader in my workplace, what example am I sent? And I don't know about you, but I know we've all worked for the guy that just barks a bunch of fucking Uh, orders at you and tells you what to do. And you think you probably couldn't even do this fucking job, you know, and I supervise. (laughs) I mean, I supervise a bunch of people that I can't do what they do. You know what I mean? They have a skill set that's beyond me. You know, and my skill set, why I'm supervising them is something different, you know, and I tend to think loud barky guy uh, has a really controlling wife and he doesn't have a say at home. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just judging the fuck out of him. Right. Yeah. Well, that can be it. I mean, I know in my past that trying to be like, just do what I say and don't question my authority and all that is that it's a lack lack of confidence in myself and a lack of, you know, humility and, and all those things. I try to include my kids in some of my parenting skills at times, like whether it's about them and I'm like, hey, look, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I see keeps happening. And I don't know how to best get you from this place to the next. Right. Or 
Mm. When we're talking about the other kids, I'm like, hey, look, I've been trying this with, you know, your brother or sister, and I don't feel like it's working. Do you have any suggestions? And partly it's, I want them to feel important and think through things critically to try to come up with solutions. But the other part of that is like, I'm really kind of out of fucking ideas. Do you have something else for me? Like, think outside this box. Well, even asking people sometimes what they think or how they feel or what's going on, especially for our kids, like it gives them a sense of value and respect Mm. and dignity that, you know, as a little kid, you don't get a lot in your life, especially if you're going to public school, you got somebody dictating what you do all day and what you need to do and what has to happen. And then you go home, you got parents barking at you all day, what you need to do, what you're not doing, what you have, you know, Mm -hmm. and to have someone actually acknowledge like, Hey, you're an individual with thoughts and feelings. I'd like to hear your input is so critical to their development. And yet for the longest time, I didn't recognize that. I thought my job as a parent is to dictate to them good behavior and then demand good behavior out of them and fucking correct them when they're not doing good behavior, right? you know, and, and their input, because I was felt like that was my job as a leader, like their input into any of that was fucking irrelevant, you know, mm. because I thought I knew, oh, they're kids would, you know, they're not going to want to clean their room. They're not going to want to eat their vegetables. They're not going to want to, you know, do their right. homework. What fucking kid wants to do that? Not me. But a conversation Still. with them can lead them around to, hey, do you like the idea of having like bugs and shit in your bedroom? <laughs> like, you know, nah, probably not. Well, there are some ways you can avoid that and, you know, we yeah. can work on that. I but, haven't found that useful yet. Yeah. That's the other thing with kids. It's hard is I might have to try different things. Yeah. In Narcotics Anonymous, we rely on a loving God as he expresses himself in our group conscience rather than on personal opinion or ego. And I think this is a tough one in a world where people really don't talk or think or believe in God much anymore. And even if they do believe, I don't think it's anything they have a relationship with or a regular routine of talking to or listening for. Or, And I know, look, there's probably people listening to that like, oh, yeah, let's talk to the imaginary guy in the sky and <laughs> listen for him to talk back. That sounds like mental health issues, right? That's not what I'm saying. But I just don't think this is something that's regularly used in people's lives on a daily basis. When you're not looking to rely on this loving power bigger than you for the source of how to proceed, you default back to personal opinion or ego. Like, I think that's what I took out of this quote. It's not so much. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. You know, in NA, we're supposed to rely on this power to help make decisions over the personal opinions or egos of any of our members. But I think when I apply this to like daily family life or I look at society or the community, like, this is probably part of what's going wrong. Mm. People aren't including any kind of power bigger than them in their life, which means they are relying on personal opinion or ego to make all their decisions, all their parenting decisions, all their decisions in business management. Like, this is what everything is being judged by, personal opinion and ego. Yes. If we get too, I want to say focused on like, and this is where I've backed away from mainstream media, social media, all that stuff, I think the focus there so much is on the wrong things. Is so much, you know, we've we've sort of created a, a culture where we aren't focused on the right morals and values on moving forward as a society. Luckily, I have found some 
outlets through podcasts and different stuff that do focus more on those things, which maybe leads to my optimism. Maybe that's part of the reason I'm optimistic. There is a movement called effective altruism, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it basically is like, how do I use the resources and things that I have now to do the absolute most good in the world? And not just in the United States. And they do sort of when you get into it, they do focus on, all right, I have a certain responsibility to my community and my immediate community, but then I also have a responsibility to the world at large, you know, for example, you know, if I can spend a dollar, I think it was on a malaria shot for kids in Africa so that they can get a shot and not die of malaria, which kills, you know, millions of kids, a hundred dollars literally saves a hundred lives, you know, and that as someone who wants to focus on doing good in the world, you know, I can look at different outlets and there's some different resources for figuring out like which charities focus on which things I can focus on the earth. I can focus on people. I can focus on animals and then directing my money and resources towards helping those things. I mean, the fact that people don't even know that there's things out there like that that exist or how easy it is to help people in other countries that are dying children I'm talking about. This isn't even the adults. This is kids. Like, to me, that's sad that we're not aware of how easy and these resources to help other people. So for myself, like I've decided these are values that I want to focus on. And and my kids will hear me listening to these things. There are things that I'll talk about with them. I try not to, you know, they're fucking kids. They don't want to hear about my weirdo hippie shit so they don't listen a lot but they pick up on that stuff you know what i mean they start to understand like hey there are values more than what the fuck's going on on fox news or cnn or what's going on on facebook or whatever as far as i know none of my kids have facebook and only one of them's involved in an instagram group that they do a lot of farm pictures they're involved with a farm and stuff like that I fucking chalk that up as a win, you know, and I don't know if it's any luck of mine, I mean, if luck or whatever, but I'm like, that's a win. They're not influenced by what I feel like are the lost values of our society right now. Mm. Yeah, I'm jealous. My kids are on like TikTok and Instagram and don't seem to give much of a fuck about things that aren't the popular societal culture. And even that, I mean, that's okay. I didn't at their age either, you know, I didn't learn till I was older and, and I got a little smarter and figured some shit out and figured out, hey, man, this is a big planet. There's a lot of people here. Like, I don't want kids to suffer anywhere, (laughs) you know? Right. Like, like kids, you know, should be important to people. And, you know, so all that to go back to, for me, like, looking at my higher powers will and how do I serve that and what does that look like, you know, when I'm acting in groups and all that stuff. It's like, do I really fucking care whether you want to have abortions or not? Like, is that really the biggest thing that I need to get focused on? I know there are people that feel that it is. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about saving kids, that would be their same argument. Right. And again, I don't disagree that that's an important thing. But for me, is it worth trying to get in an argument with them that they're wrong? You know, like, I don't feel a need to bring that up and be like, look, we can't fucking be friends or we can't talk or be on the same team because you feel this way and I feel this way. So we're on different teams. Fuck you. <laughs> like I thought you were just supposed to be friends and then leave like metal hangers in their mailbox every day. <laughs> oh, what's a metal hang? I don't know that That's one. how they do the 
back alley abortions. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. uh, yeah, I mean, that's I'm sure they have better ways now. That's like the very crude version. Another quote that came out of this is there is often a vast difference between group conscience and group opinion as dictated by powerful personalities or popularity. Hmm. And that just reminded me a lot of the direction that our society seems to go a lot of times. We vote for popularity, right? right? And I'm not talking about the popular vote. I'm just saying the person who spends the most on advertising wins most of these elections like because they're the name you've seen and so when you walk in the polling booth you're like i don't know who the fuck i want for judge number 13 oh i've seen his name on somebody's front lawn like oh his he was on a billboard i mean so it's interesting to see that we follow group opinion and that's group opinion is different because it's influenced whereas group conscience is not influenced by any one person yeah and i believe it was in our it works how and why of na which i didn't bring a copy with me but it does talk a little bit in there about our responsibility as a member of a group so we bear some responsibility for our decision making and being a part of having a good and healthy group conscience Mm. having our egos in check having our you know facts in order sort of thing right and again that's where i feel like in politics that all breaks down like me as a, a voting member of society I have some responsibility there. One, I have to fucking show up and vote. I mean, well, I don't have to. I don't have to. to, Again, I don't have to do anything. Right. But if I want to be informed and I want to do my part and I want to be, you know, serving my higher powers will, what I think is for the good or betterment of the society at large, I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to do a little reading. I'm going to try to pick who I think is the authentically best person that's available for that position, not necessarily what party I think is right. Mm. You know, and I'm going to do those types of things in my decision making, not just, you know, expect someone else to do all the work and then me just take credit for the group. You know, it's it's like I bear responsibility if I want to carry out a higher power's will in a group conscience that I'm involved in. Yeah, I mean, and I agree. And I think that's kind of where all this goes astray is that we don't, actively think about a bigger power than us on a daily basis and so when we enter into any of these things like it said we're taking in our ego and that's what's making our decisions our opinion and our ego and i got a lot of ego and a lot of opinion and that shit gets me nowhere Mm -hmm. regularly (laughs) (laughs) i'm always better off when i'm in a humble place of just trying to be my best like that's where i operate best from another quote you and i both found was True spiritual principles are never in conflict. They complement each other. I don't believe that shit. Yeah, and I've heard that over the years, and that's always kind of, I've always questioned that. I've never spent too much time delving into it. We did a little bit earlier, but I've felt the same way. I've been like, ah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially because, and we talked about this the other day, because it came across my radar, like, principles are kind of completely made up. Right. And spiritual principles are even more so made up right. and we just kind of act like they're a thing and they really don't have definitions or it's weird. Yeah, it's really hard to define <laughs> what is a spiritual principle and and I mean the definition of principle mean. is like a bunch of people agree that this is a good thing for people. Important. I'm like, yeah. "Wow, that says nothing." <laughs> right. And that can definitely change. This one I found interesting. The person we feel safe to talk to when our heart hurts may not be the same person we would choose to be our group treasurer. And I thought that was interesting that like, Hmm. 
this was focused on who's best for these roles, right? Like, let's not elect somebody who's just our favorite person. Like, we shouldn't go, you know what? As a society, we might all think that Denzel Washington is a great fucking actor. Usually. Like, he's usually pretty good, right? I don't think that makes sense that we should go elect him for president just because we all like him as a great actor or, or majority like him as a great actor. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's was interesting to read that in this tradition that the idea isn't that we just elect people because we like them or because they're good at something that we like that they do, but that they fit the position we're hiring them for. Denzel Washington probably has people who manage his money and has never ever had to like balance his checkbook or any of that stuff. So like to elect him as the guy who runs our treasury or something <laughs> wouldn't make much sense no matter how much we like him and no matter how good of an actor he is and no matter how smart he is. Dude, you've never even messed with money. Like maybe that's not a good idea, right? Right, or at least even questioning like what is your experience in those areas? Right. What practical experience have you had managing something of this size or well, and look, I, I, I'm not trying to fix politics or, or talk too, too much about it. I am definitely a guy who says, man, the problem with politics is that we have politicians doing it. Mm. But honestly, I'm starting to wonder if I might not be wrong about that. Like if you put somebody in there with no experience in politics, with no ability to be a politician, shit could get way worse. I don't, I don't know. I just, I think maybe we do need to really question like when we're going into these situations Maybe I shouldn't put the kid who has not shown any cooking ability and doesn't really even like a lot of different foods as the guy making the dinner tonight, right? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I should dole out chores in my house based on who does them well and, and just take... I got to think more about the bigger picture, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, and I just... I never knew that about this tradition, honestly. Yeah. And I... I mean, it's far as, again, the political thing. Like, I really don't feel like we have near as much power to be frank i don't know that i consider myself a part of that group i don't consider myself a part of the federal government group like <laughs> you know what i mean like that's its own thing that runs its own way that's its own machine i like that i mean we have fucking media that tries to tell us our votes matter and all that shit i don't think that's true and I have voted, and I, I mean, I guess I think voting matters. I just feel like that system has become so corrupt. So, again, it gets when it gets back to these, like, traditions, because we talked about this with unity and stuff like that, and I guess from the unity perspective, I would say, I feel like we're a United States because someone decided so. Like, yeah. And as a continent, we are stronger the way that we are than separated, maybe. Right. I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about that or if we'd be stronger if we were divided, whatever. But when I talk about the unity that I want, I try to keep it more focused on things closer to home. The broader that circle gets out, the less invested I am in that circle. So like yeah. the broader as we get out to like the whole United States and how serving a higher powers will and all that, one, I feel my influence is almost irrelevant. And two... I don't even know if it works, but I'm still going to try. Like, I'm still going to try to be a person that votes and tries to educate myself when it's time to vote and tries to research opinions and things that are going on in politics just so that I have some input that I feel like is valuable, <laughs> although it totally feels irrelevant. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk too much about politics yeah. in general. I think the traditions in my brain, like, that's the first 
outside entity outside of a program that comes to mind when I think of where traditions might be useful. Family unit, community unit, governmental unit is basically the, the places I think. I, you always bring up work. I don't ever think of work. I'm like, fuck work. I don't do traditions <laughs> at work. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> but no, I think just from this tradition specifically, at least so far, it was less about like, let's talk about politics and more like I could see why the world seems in disarray right now because we don't have something like this tradition in place. We don't collectively agree that there's some larger power guiding us, whatever that may be, the betterment of humanity or Christ. Like We don't all collectively agree that that is what guides us. And I could see why we're where we're at because we don't have that. Like it, it just, I guess it was more looking at it as without this tradition or without this kind of practice going on, it makes sense that we're not cohesive. Yeah, and it almost feels like we actually somewhat do have, I don't want to say a, a, exactly a tradition like this, but we have like a constitution and a bill of rights that theoretically we're supposed to be adhering to, and we have these laid out political procedures and things, and that's where the corruption comes in. It's like none of that seems to be followed anymore. And it's funny because one of the things I read in there that I loved, and again, I apply these mostly for me in my immediate life, but this definitely, I feel like, applies to politics. And it's that ego, unfounded pride, and self-will destroy a group if given authority. And I feel like that's what's happened in our politics is that ego and special interest and, you know, let's change the tax law so that these people contribute to my fucking campaign fund and... You know, that's where it's all going astray. We were at one point a country that had some unified values and unified rights. And I feel like that's all gotten lost. And for me, like, again, in my life, like I have to remember that my ego, my self will, you know, will destroy a group that I'm involved in if I don't keep it in check. If I don't watch my own self, I can be the person that destroys the group versus the person that helps hold the group together. Yeah, I mean, politics today, you're talking big special interest money that is funding a lot of it and and twisting it and corrupting it. And I think you're also talking, what I saw on Reddit was an Australian dude explaining that freedom in Australia and, and what they believed was in a lot of other countries that have freedom as well as us looks different to their individual citizens than freedom does to us. Like their freedom... And and I can't remember the great way he explained it, but like Australians collectively appreciate their freedom and are more willing to do what's asked of them as opposed to arguing for their individual personal freedoms of whether they're allowed to wear a mask or not in a store. Like it was right. like it was an interesting dissection and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not saying one way is right or the other, but it was interesting to see that their idea of freedom was different than our idea of freedom. It's like the same word, right? But we really, as a collective society, look at them very differently. And apparently we're like the only country that looks at it the way we do, where it's all about my individual liberties, not the collective freedom we all share and enjoy together and what we need to do to keep it. Yeah, like a lack of responsibility. You know, it's like we don't have a responsibility for the whole. We only have responsibility for our individual Well, it sounds like we've lost track of the collective power greater than us and that our egos and opinions about me, me, me (laughs) are the ones running the show. I mean, that's so without a tradition like this, 
going on, yeah, why why wouldn't all these other things that it warns against happen? Like these people probably had all these things happen and then wrote the traditions afterwards and said, "Oh, we don't want that shit to happen again. This is how you avoid it." And then yeah. people in the world just haven't realized that we need a tradition to avoid <laughs> continuation <laughs> of egos and opinions. Um this one I found especially useful for my own personal life. We learn to stand up for a principle without feeling like we're fighting for our lives. Hmm. I definitely struggle with that. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's crucial information. I could just stand up and be about a principle and not feel like it's life or death. No matter how this works out, it's going to be okay. And I don't have to like think that I'm going to burn somewhere on a cross because I lost. Yeah, well, and being as I would say... I don't know, another way to say it, so I'll say strongly opinionated as you are with the God's will part. Like, that's where I'm like, you know, why does it matter how strong-willed you are against an opinion anyway? It's going to go the way it's going to go, regardless of how married to the idea you are or not. I'm God's right-hand man, and I'm here to do his will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to enforce his will. I'm like the guy that killed them two cities in the Bible or something. No, I don't know. Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense. And I'm the opposite, which is even more funny. It's like, I don't think God's will works that way at all, but I don't think I'm supposed to stand up and defend my points to the vigorous end. So. Let's just switch one or the other of those personality traits. I don't care which one. Let's We're just hypocritical switch. in the opposite way. <laughs> Let's switch and at least get on the right page for, for right. each other. Uh, we serve by being present and meeting the needs of the group as expressed by its conscience, which I just think is a beautiful statement. I, I kind of wish that's what we did. And I love the fact that it says by being present. You can't be of service if you ain't there. Right. <laughs> I was like, huh, I take that for granted. But yeah, if you're not showing up, you're not being part of the solution. But some of what I heard in reference to the second tradition was individuals first getting into recovery and feeling like they didn't have um, a, say? a voice or mm-hmm. that they weren't important or that they didn't matter. And as they got involved in service and got involved with the traditions and realized, like, you are an equal part of this. Like, you're, mm. you have a right to have a voice, to have an opinion, to have a say in what goes on. And then learning to balance that with, and just because you have a right and have a voice and have a say, doesn't mean you get to carry that to the extreme of being self-righteous, arrogant, and egotistical. Oh, my God. This dude with four months clean joined my home group at one point. And on the first night he joined it at Group Conscience, brought up that we should vote on having hour and a half long anniversaries. <laughs> <laughs> and one of our other members agreed with him. And I was just like, what? What kind of balls does it take? <laughs> Not balls, but what kind of ego? Like, what kind of walking in off the street? I'm going to fix this NA yeah. meeting. Like, I was like, Wow. And I've probably been there. I'm not judging him in a negative light. It was entertaining to me at that point in time. I wasn't offended or anything, but wow. Sorry. So the beauty there is whether the group did that or not, picturing like a conversation happening out of that and people being able to express freely ideas and, and like, hey, maybe is this, you know. (laughs) <laughs> For me, I look at all those things as opportunities to challenge my own thinking and to challenge my own values. Like, I like debating people on different ideas when it doesn't get nasty. It, it gets it gets ugly when it gets nasty and in the name yeah. But I'll talk about ideas and what I think and 
challenge, you know, myself or challenge other people because I feel like it helps me grow as a person. Like, I don't feel threatened by that. So we have a weird, at my home group, we do some things. So we had a guy, you know, move down to our area. He was from a different area and he didn't like the way we did some shit in the home group. And I think he had a little more time than most of us. And he was a loud, brash, the definite personality over principle guy. And so he got involved and we changed some things we did at the home group. We stopped reading a bunch of readings. We usually only do like two readings. We didn't even read the traditions. We didn't read a bunch of stuff. And sort of all of us were kind of like, I don't know, he's got more time than us and he's awful loud about it. So let's just do that. And that's (laughs) what we did. And, like, to this day, there's still some things in the home group that are happening as a result of that. It's God's will. And he hasn't been around for a while. And he definitely hasn't been in the home group. God, it's probably been eight or nine years since he's even been to the home group. So He wanted less readings? Yes. Oh, yeah. Less hey, readings. You sure? Was he related to me? <laughs> I've tried to do less meetings in a home group before. Yeah, that was it. I mean, his point was now with all these fucking readings, the first 25 minutes of the meeting are reading a bunch of readings and shit. You know, I, I've heard it both ways, right? So my point was, look, there's there's 55 people in this fucking meeting. In 1983, when you read all these readings, there was 10 people in a meeting and everybody got to share. Now there's 55 and like three people are sharing and we need more time for people so they're not walking home. But then, right. you know, I've also heard the idea that like, hey, at least when those readings are going on, something sensible is being heard. Like uh, you get all these new people sharing about nonsense shit. Yeah. Like, some of the most important messages in that right. reading. Right, so, yeah, either but, way. And the only reason I brought that up was to say, like, I don't know that that was a right or wrong at the time. Now, what it does for me is when I'm there and I notice we don't read those readings, which is regularly, like, it it reminds me of that person, which I have a really fond memory of and a really fond connection to. And so for me, like, and I don't know if that's God's will or whatever, but it's like that's a reminder of that person and their relationship to me in my life and it's kind of beautiful in a weird way (laughs) that's funny because i thought that story was about how one personality could change a group for years if you don't have like the egos taken it is but it's also about how at the end of the day is any of that really what's all that important i don't know we don't know if people died from not hearing who's an addict no i think we read that one Uh we didn't read traditions why are we here? Because his point was new people don't care about the tradition. <laughs> but, I definitely agree with him yeah. now. Now you definitely did the right thing. I know God's will happened at this point. <laughs> right. And, you know, I guess for me, that's where this stuff kind of plays out. It's like, I don't know if that was the right or wrong decision at the moment. That was the conscience of the group. And so that's what we did. Right. And that's what happened moving forward. And now there's a bunch of people that probably have no idea why that's there or why it's that way or, or what any sort of, they just like, that fucking, those assholes don't even read the traditions. Like, what kind of meeting is that? Or they'll say occasionally people will be like, oh, you forgot one. <laughs> like, right, right. No, we did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, we didn't forget. Stick to your own meeting. Right. So for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. So the point of this to me is like when we're making decisions for everyone, and really, honestly, I really need to apply this when I'm making decisions for myself because decisions for my life also affect those around me. So when I'm making decisions, I need to trust in a a loving power that's looking out for everyone in their best interests. And to remember that, like, not to let my ego get so in the way that I think I have all the answers 
that I, I need to like rule over people and dominate them. Like I just need to try to do my best and live by example and teach other people when they're ready to learn and go from there. Right? Yeah. Learn from other people when they're ready to teach, like all, all those things. And the questions I came to as we're kind of wrapping up here would be like, would I be a better parent if I parented from service instead of authority? I mean, for me, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I know it for me. I mean, I've had both, but I've been both of those parents and the same, the, although the latter is definitely much more rewarding. I don't, I, I can't sit here and tell you that I know which one works better. Yeah, I don't know either. But I can tell you that I feel a whole lot better being yeah. the parent out of service at the end of the Definitely. day. Definitely. And my relationship with my kids, I believe, is better because of yeah. that. Yeah. Well, dude, I got an 18-month-old or 19 months, whatever she is at this point, And, like, truthfully, she don't talk a whole lot. She's not very fun. She's fucking loud and gets grumpy when you don't <laughs> give her what she wants. And she screams at you in a pitch that really hurts my ears. Like, I don't really want to necessarily be around her. <laughs> right. I know it sounds kind of shitty, but in the spirit of service, I am. I try to make it a right. point to spend time with her daily, to interact with her, because that's how relationships work. That's how things grow and build. It's just, it's important to me. But I don't do it because it's highly fucking enjoyable. Right. right? Like, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not that at all. And, and, you know, would I be a better husband? If I lived in this tradition, this idea that like, I do not govern this relationship, neither does my wife. We're working towards this on what's best for us and our kids together. You know, it's not about who wins, what school they go to or what direction we go or how they get punished. It's more like what's best for all of us moving forward. And like, let's trust that we're going to be taken care of in whatever way we proceed. Yeah, definitely. And and also acknowledging, like I know in, in my marriage, like I have some different values than my wife does. And it's mm. very easy for me to be like, well, your values, you know, you need to value my values as the highest priority, you know, and, and I can minimize some of her values as not being as yeah. important. Yeah, Thinking I'm smarter than other people gets in my way of this, right? right? Like, oh, well, I've thought through this deeper than you have, <laughs> right. wife dear. And right. uh, obviously, you should recognize by my arguments, because I'll win the debate, that, right. you know. It's funny. I can out-debate her, and yet I lose every fucking argument. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I win, I feel like I lost. It's fucking terrible. Anyway, you got any final thoughts about tradition, too? No, just like you said, I... I like to try and look at areas in my life where I am in a leadership role mm. and then try to see if I'm living in alignment with the spiritual principles and values that through my step work, I've made a decision to turn my will and my life over to. You know, am I turning my will and my life over in all areas of my life, at work, at home, and my relationships with others, in my relationship leadership roles in my community whether that's you know coaching little league or being a you know mentor at a boys and girls club or whatever right like am i really practicing these principles in all my affairs sweet well with that enjoy your week practice some tradition too. practice faith that things will work out for the best even when they don't go the way that you would hope they would go they might be okay and uh we'll see you next week Share this podcast with people in your life who might enjoy it. Check out recoverysortof.com to find our episodes and link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're always looking for new and interesting ideas for topics, sort of. If you have any ideas for episodes or think you have something to come on and talk about, reach out to us. <laughs>